You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy, and you are listening to the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars. We are the official podcast of the DizInsider.com. That's right. We are the DCast. This week, we have your box office rundown. Also, Aladdin reshoots. Are they really happening? Matt Smith joins Star Wars. Disney has some controversial rumors going on with Elsa. That and very special guest from TheObserver.com, Brandon Katz, on this episode of... The D-Cast. Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Andy, and you are listening to the podcast. Covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars. That's right. This is the D-Cast, the official podcast of the DizInsider.com. With me, as always, is the host with the most, the CEO, the founder, the editor-in-chief. It <laughs> is Skylar Schuler. How are you doing today, Skylar? Um, bye. You give me the best intros. Yes, yes, I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Shandy. I one of these days I'm going to intro the show and I'm going to give you the best intro. Yeah, you know, it's one of these days. Yeah, Andy, I am super excited because we have a a guest on the show um, that I am very excited to have on here. A longtime follower, um, really, really knowledgeable in the the world of film and entertainment. He covers entertainment for Observer.com. Uh, please welcome Brandon Katz to the Decast. Brandon, what's up, man? Yay. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, man. We're, we're excited to have you. Um, it, it really quick, if you don't mind, just kind of tell us uh, a little about yourself and how you got into entertainment and the website you currently write for now. And then uh, I have another question that I'm very interested to hear about uh, after you tell us about yourself. So uh, I'll, I'll leave you to it, Brandon. Absolutely. So I'm a film and television fanatic. Absolutely love it. I like to paint myself as a proud couch potato. I yes. don't know how others will see it. But, you know, I've always had this deep, deep love of film and television and the stories they conjure. And I always thought, you know what, I'd love to just talk about for that for a living. And somehow, some way, I convinced somebody to pay me to do that. So I'm either <laughs> Professor X with superhero mind powers or the luckiest person in the world. One of the two. And, uh, you know, to be here on a long weekend talking all things Disney with you guys, clearly I'm living the dream. Oh, that's awesome absolutely, to hear. Absolutely. That is super cool. Um, so tell us about, uh, uh, you know, your 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 background at The Observer, what, what some of your favorite films are. Uh, tell us how you got in touch with The Observer and kind of just tell us your journey into becoming an entertainment reporter. Absolutely. So Observer.com, great institution here in New York City, you know, a long time running publication that switched to uh, all online in the last couple years. I used to freelance for them for about a year. And then uh, about 12, 13 months ago, some positions opened up. I contacted, you know, the people that I had been working with and uh, put my name in, in, in running. And I was very lucky to get an opportunity to cover film and television with, with them. And we're expanding our coverage every week. So there's some, a lot of really exciting things going on there. And we, you know, we cover just about everything from 
Marvel blockbusters and Star Wars adventures to, you know, prestige pictures and box office rundown. So we really kind of cover a lot of different niches that I think appeal to a wide array of entertainment fans. And it's just been an unbelievable experience. And I've always, always loved writing and podcasting and telling stories about stories. So it's been a great fit for me. Awesome to hear. So if there's one thing Andy and I have been talking about lately, and I can't wait to ask you this because it's going to be awesome to hear. Um, I, I know a little bit about the story, but Brandon, you can give me a little more details. But Andy and I have been talking about the Jungle Cruise movie for what, what would you say, Andy, though, maybe almost a year now since you got here. Yeah, I've been, I've been wanting this thing since it was supposed to be like Tim Allen and uh and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. yeah, that was back. That was back in like 2008 or nine. That's yeah. that's some classic. I want this movie. movie talk um, right now. Brandon has a nice little bet going on with The Rock himself on, uh, on Twitter. This. And yes. it's it's quite fantastic to see. Brandon, can you kind of tell everybody what I'm talking about? Absolutely. So The Rock and I have a little bet going on that. Every film of his that crosses $250 million worldwide at the box office, he buys me a bottle of tequila. Now, I know that (laughs) sounds like a little bit crazy, but I had done some research a few months ago. I was like, wow, you know, eight of his last 10 films have crossed $250 million. Uh, A couple have crossed $500 million. And two have crossed the $1 billion mark. This guy clearly is the box office star. And I tagged him in that tweet, never thinking in a million years he'd see it. And he actually immediately responded, well, but in you know, kind of put forth the parameters of this bet. And so I've received two so far for Rampage and Sky Skyscraper. And it just so happens that later today I'll be going to a Labor Day weekend barbecue and cracking the second bottle of tequila. Nice. So I'll certainly nice. do a nice cheers to you guys for that. There you go. That is super awesome to hear. Um, and I was, you told me that that first bottle was smooth and now he follows you on Twitter, which is awesome to see. Um, yeah, we're basically so that, one step away from getting matching tattoos. No big deal. Oh. Yes. Matching um, tattoos, matching sweatshirts, and you write a tandem bag together. It'll be great. Of course. You know, that's so, the dream. So, uh, Brandon, Andy, I'm going to ask you both a question regarding The Rock before we kind of get into what, what's going on. Um, Andy, let me start with you. Skyscraper Rampage. What's the better rock movie this year? Skyscraper, clearly. And, uh, Brandon, what about you? Gotta go Rampage. Ooh. See, I, I, so I watched Skyscraper finally uh, not too long ago, and I really liked it. And it's it's like Skyscraper's like Rampage without the uh, the crazy creatures to me. It's so funny how similar those two movies are. See, Sky, I don't know which one. Skyscraper I like more, to me was like Die Hard, but if it wasn't a Christmas movie, it's set in modern <laughs> yeah. day. So I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, I hear that. He, he's got a love for the throwback action. The you know, the hero saves the day while things around him blow up. And I think you can kind of fit that overarching format into a lot of his movies. And they're just good old fashioned fun. They're movies that don't take themselves too seriously, and they want audiences to have a good time and enjoy the ridiculousness of it all. And that's oh, yeah. what I love. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we're so Andy and I we're super excited for Jungle Cruise. Um, I, I think the big thing is, oh man, he does a lot of Jungle movies. Um, I'm on the the mindset that they can do Jungle Cruise correctly. I don't know how uh, close you follow the Disney Parks, Brandon, but um, it looks like they're keeping from from the set photos. It looks like they're going to keep this maybe set in the. 20s or 30s um just based on everything but it looks like they're wrapping production here uh just this past week so super excited for it um 
Brandon, do you think your bet's going to keep going with uh, the Jungle Cruise? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, you've got the star power of Dwayne Johnson, which almost guarantees a huge opening mm-hmm. weekend, especially overseas, where no movie star stumps as hard for his films as Mr. Johnson. And then second of all, you've got the Disney brand. They're trusted. They're beloved. They consistently churn out good products. And then third of all, I mean, look at this cast. Dwayne Johnson, Emily Wright, Edgar Ramirez, Jesse Plemons, Paul Giamatti. This is a great collection of talent that's going to make for a really enjoyable film, in my opinion. I can uh, safely agree. I can't disagree with that at all. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, coming on the show, Brandon. I'm excited to talk Disney with you. Just like Andy, uh, check out Observer.com. Go ahead and follow Observer on Twitter. Um, And then, Andy, I think uh, let's move on to the box office rundown. But there's a little rundown. Yes. Little little stipulation with the box office rundown. We're recording pretty early on Sunday. It's 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah, so it's pretty early, so the box office hasn't finalized just yet. So we're just going to quickly go over the movies that are at the box office right now. Okay, I, we're going to maybe I've talk got, about some I, key points. I think there's only one thing we need to talk about here. How oh, I, on earth did the Meg outperform Solo, A Star Wars Story? How did this happen? In what, in what universe, not even good. In what universe do we live in now where a Star Wars film does better than a B shark movie. Bless disgust. I'm sorry. I'm furious about this. Uh, Brandon, you want to chime in? Well, listen, not to get too technical with it, but it's the movie was co-financed by Legendary Pictures, which is owned by a giant Chinese conglomerate. They've been pushing hard to get in to the movie market over the last 10 years, and they're actually on pace by 2020 to overtake North America as the most important, biggest box office region in the world. So when you appeal to that demographic, you make money. And Star Wars, sadly, because they weren't released, you know, uh, the original trilogy in China at the time, it doesn't have that four. 40 years of beloved nostalgia. And while Solo did okay in North America, it tanked overseas because oh, yeah. we don't, they don't have that love for it. So I, I think it's a horrible quirk because I wish everybody loved Star Wars as much as we did, but I can see, you know, logistically speaking, how it came to be. When that news and, dropped this week, I was, I, I literally was crying. Like that movie, the Meg was horrible. Like I just, I don't, I don't get it. It was, I mean, I think they made it, um, I think it was supposed to be a big joke. Like, it's supposed to be like Sharknado, but, you know, higher quality and wide release. You know, I don't know. Oh, the, and, the, and like Brandon said, the foreign markets are eating the Meg up right now. It's at $306 million. $306 million. Four, uh, $318 million worldwide. That's insane. Um, the foreign market's going to continue to eat this up. But the uh, the Meg will start to die down with other horror uh, horror films coming out and other films. So you're maybe. saying the Meg might go and extinct. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sneaking in a little dinosaur pond. <laughs> exactly. Um Here's here's a little uh, thing that kind of upsets me um, every time uh, the last couple of weeks, I should say not every time, but the last couple of weeks we've talked about the box office when we can, because it has been a a slow few weeks at the box office mm-hmm. that may be outside of the bag and the crazy rich Asians as your as your gems. Um, do you know what movie just hit one point three billion dollars at the worldwide box office? What? Mm. Hotel Transylvania 3. What? What? This is not okay. Yeah. I, I, people, 
why are we allowing the Hotel Transylvania series to make this much money? Incredibles 2 still in theaters, people. Now, that being said, it's... Uh, it's... Um, now, are we talking the whole series or the one film? The whole series, right? I hope you're talking... Oh, is it the whole series? I oh, hope, I I hope so. I'm like, I'm like, that. that's... that's, that's uh, Maybe it's the whole series. No, it's the whole Hotel Transylvania three is like four sixty or something okay. worldwide. Oh, good. Oh, oh I was scared. I, I'm no, like, I lost all faith in humanity. I thought I read it. Made it was about to be blockbuster apocalypse up in the podcast right so now. So oh my sorry. gosh. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay. Um, is there anything of note at the box office that we should be talking about? Is there anything we see, um, you guys, that maybe? Should be talked about. It's pretty slow. I think it's going to oh, pick gosh. up next week with the nun. I think all eyes are on the nun because uh, it's the Conjuring universe. I think all the stories have kind of, you know, we, we've talked about. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians, unprecedentedly amazing hold, mm. a really strong push for diversity in Hollywood, and Mission Impossible Fallout well on its way to becoming the highest grossing entry in the series. You know, I feel like those are the two big stories, but August has been a little slow otherwise. Yeah, and then to, to kind of piggyback off of a uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which is great for that culture, another film that's in theaters that's getting rave reviews uh, starring an Asian actor, uh, actually a really well-known Asian actor, is searching, um, getting rave reviews from, from fans and critics right now. Don't know how well it's going to end up doing over the weekend. Uh, as of last night, it was it's sitting at 2.7 million worldwide. Don't know if this kind of movie will connect with the foreign markets, but it's cool to see, you know, the Asian demographic kind of getting that almost that same buzz that Black Panther did for the the black community. Um, so it's really cool. Um, aside from that, that you, you guys really nothing to touch on. Christopher I think there'd, Robert, I think there'd be a along. lot more box office right now. Movie Pass wasn't being a bunch of jerks. And yeah, <laughs> don't get me started. Like, I signed up for Cinemia last night, which so I'm, I'm happy I did. But like. I'm so mad at Movie Pass right now. I'm just I can't see any movies at my art house theater at all because they only give you three movies a week. And I'm gonna keep or, or three movies a day. I'm gonna keep harping on this because they used to be a sponsor of this show before they went crazy. And I just everyone dropped Movie Pass. I'm just saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, is, it is disappointing to see their downturn. I went to uh, the art house, my art house cinema last night to see The Wife with Glenn Close, and of course. Not available on Movie Pass. Yep. Barely any others. It, it was. It's a very disappointment. A big disappointment to see what's become of what was initially a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I was on the service when it was fifty dollars a month, and I was happy with that. I was totally okay with that. I'm like that's great, fifty dollars a month. See as many films as I want. Great. Then they had to go and go crazy and try to be the ne- next Netflix. And just yeah, sorry, Michael. Yeah, Michael Lowe of of. of oh, I'm sorry. It is, it's I encourage this rant. I support this I, rant. It frustrates me because they they sponsored this show. This I used to push their push their wares so much on a weekly basis on this show. You need to get movie passes. The best thing. It's going to revolutionize movie going. And now they're just being jerks. Sorry. Yeah. So as we're bashing uh, movie pass, <laughs> just remember there are other other. Um, you know, movies, uh, movie services you can support, such as Cinemia. AMC has their own plan. Uh, Andy lives by Cinemark and and loves them, and Cinemark we love club, them yeah. too. So, yeah, so they have their own movie club. So there are other ones you guys can check out. Just uh, go on the internets and uh, take a look. But uh, let's get into some of our Disney news. All right, here's something that 
has been being passed around by a actually a big tabloid uh, overseas, a British tabloid. And now it's being picked up by smaller sites. And I, I kind of want to shoot this down. And that's that said, the Aladdin movie is having reshoots because it's, Disney it's, does not movie. They're in so much trouble. Oh my gosh, what are they going to do? There's reshoots on a, on a major film. What are they going to do? The movie must be terrible. Yeah, right. Every every film uh, schedules reshoots. Oh my that's gosh, just how, yes. that's how it. Yeah, every film, every film does it. Standard. Avengers Four is getting ready to do their reshoots. Um, Aladdin. When you hear multiple reshoots is when people should start to be a little concerned. But regular reshoots. Every blockbuster has that. You have not. to. You have to. You get into the editing bay and you start working. You're like, oh, the sun, the light wasn't hitting right here. We have, you know, if, if it's in the, sometimes they won't fix it. They'll try to CGI it if they don't have the money in the budget. But if the money's there, it's already been budgeted. They're going to reshoot it because it just makes stinking sense, especially in the age of the Internet. where We sit there and tear movies apart once they come out on Blu-ray. I mean, just stop freaking out, people. I mean, I understand Solo because over 70 percent of the film was re- reshot. That's okay. Yeah, they got a whole new director, and that was okay. But every stinking film has reshoots, so stop freaking exactly. out when there are reports here, here. of reshoots. Just, just get over it, okay? Even small films have reshoots. You have to. Things happen. Angles are weird. Light comes in funky. Sometimes your SD card runs out or the film runs out, and you didn't know it until you get into the editing bay. It happens. Sorry. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm ran- it's early. I'm in a ranting Great. mood. <laughs> yeah, and he, okay, so here's the thing. Aladdin has had two or three test screenings. As far as I know, those test screenings have been very positive. Um, families have come out liking it, the people that have seen it. And by by all means, this film is nowhere near complete. They are still uh, in post-production. Uh, the CGI wasn't even complete in this past test screening they had about a month and a half ago. Um but positive reviews. In fact, I do know a couple people that that got to see the film and uh, they said the whole theater was just enjoying the heck out of it. The the report said that they did the reshoots back in August. So this film will reshoot and this film may have had reshoots. But the what the what the story is saying is that the reshoots were because the film was bad and the reshoots happened in early August. So the reshoots didn't happen in early August. Mina Masood has been super busy in L.A. Uh, prepping his press tour for Jack Ryan, which I hear is awesome. Um, is So he's been prepping that. Naomi Scott has uh, been busy with her, her music career and touring and her fashion line. Uh, Marwan Kanzari uh, has been very vocal that he's not even in the States or in London. He's actually been traveling the world with his family. Um, So this film didn't have reshoots in in early August. It's just it was too busy for the cast. If this film does reshoot, it will reshoot sometime this fall Um, and it'll be its scheduled reshoots. It won't be because the film is bad because from what from all accounts I've heard, the film is actually pretty solid so um are you guys looking forward to this aladdin movie absolutely i mean i i love aladdin it's one of my favorite disney originals i think the cast they've put together is really interesting and exciting and listen i, I know people complain hey these are just transparent cash grabs by Disney, reinventing their classic mm-hmm. animation for live action. And I understand where people are coming from. And you know what? They're right. But that doesn't mean the movies are bad. And it doesn't yep. mean you shouldn't enjoy them. And I have enjoyed basically all of their live action retellings thus far. Totally well agree. Said. Totally agree. I mean, yes, it's 
They're of course, of course, Disney is a large, is one of the largest companies in the world. Of course, it's a cash grab. It's a way to reinvent these old stories. It's a way to not only sell more box office, you know, revenue, you know, sell more tickets to the box office, way to sell more Blu-rays. It's a way to sell more merchandise. Of course, that it's a way to get people in the parks. But that's just that that's that's the way it is. It is a company. They are there to make money. They have responsibility to their stockholders. But they're still telling a good story, which is what I'm all about. Now, yes, they've had some missteps with like Alice in Wonderland and, you know, Into the Looking Glass. I get that. But get get over it. I'm very much looking forward to this movie. I think what we're all kind of a little worried about is Will Smith taking on the mantle of Genie. And I'm not even worried. It's just how is he going to make this role his own when he had someone as iconic as Robin Williams really be the 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 ideal you know person for this role he kind of made the role his own how is will smith there's no way will smith can copy robin williams they're two completely different people how is he going to make this role his own and make what he does iconic for for this film that's my only real question side note i did hear will smith is actually really funny as a genie and from what people are saying um his genie is very fresh prince of bel-air um which is kind of what i wanted yeah, d- does its very best not to copy Robin Williams because I don't think that's what you should do. I don't think you should copy Robin Williams. Um, I-, I think, like you said, Will Smith needs to make this role his own, and I think he did. Now I could be wrong. We could go into the movies and he is copying Robin Williams, but from what I heard, he's doing a Fresh Prince thing. Good. Um, I-, I really like that Disney right from the start was was okay. How are we going to replicate the? universally beloved genie of Robin Williams. Okay, we're going to go out and get the most charismatic actor on earth and let him do his own thing. I just think just straight from a casting perspective, that was a smart foundation Genius. with which to jump off of. Genius. And it's it's kind of funny cuz in the 90s Robin Williams just well, Robin Williams was around in the in the late 70s early 80s, but mm-hmm. Robin Williams was one of the kings of comedy in the 90s. And the other one that was right there is Will Smith. Mm -hmm. And Will Smith has stayed around, of course. But when you think of, you know, the 90s and comedy, Will Smith is a name, you know, Robin Williams is a name. And it's cool how they went after someone that was relevant during, you know, the original Aladdin. So it's... uh, It'll be interesting to see. I can't wait to see this film. It comes out uh, next May. Uh, hopefully we get a trailer here by the end of the year, at least uh, maybe just a little teaser. Um, I know they did uh, show some footage at CinemaCon this past uh, few months ago, back in, what was it, April. Um, so let's let's jump into a galaxy far, far away. This is something we rarely get to talk about because Star Wars news has slowed down, especially since Solo. It kind of just seems like Lucasfilm is pump the brakes on announcing star wars you know uh, you know star wars things whether it's yeah. or tv outside yeah. of the john favreau series which is going to hit production here pretty soon but the news is matt smith doctor who fame has joined star wars episode nine. nerds everywhere are freaking out like <laughs> ridiculousness that's going on the internet right now it's like okay yeah when worlds collide go ahead i'm let, let, okay i'm gonna start Th- this is where this is where people are going to get so mad at me. Oh, I am not a Matt Smith fan. Ooh, here's why. Hi. I am. I okay. Here's why though. The only thing I've ever seen Matt Smith in is Terminator Genesis. Here's why. Because I've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who. 
not a single, not with Matt Smith, not with Peter Capaldi, not with David Tennant, not with uh, uh, the female they got. I have not even seen an episode. I don't know what Doctor Who is about besides time traveling. Um, so my only oh, and I haven't seen The Crown. Um, so my only, you know, exposure to Matt Smith is in Terminator Genesis. <laughs> wow. Impressive. Which is unfair because Terminator Genesis is awful. Uh, no, we, so all, we all know Terminator 3 is the Terminator movie. So, Oh, no, it's Salvation. Ugh. Gross. It's Judgment Day. <laughs> T3, Rise of the Machines. Sorry. Um, Matt Smith joined in a key role. That, that role is being kept under wraps. Um, a lot of people are guessing whether it's Thrawn or the Knights of Ren. Uh, someone saying he might be, you know, in the Resistance. I don't know. Is this to to people that may have seen Doctor Who or might have seen The Crown? Is this good news? Should I be excited? He's a solid actor. I think he's he's going to do well. The real what, what's the key is how how Kathleen Kennedy how how J.J. Abrams is going to use him. What character he is? How how are they utilizing the skills he has? How is he going to be directed? Because he's a, he's a quality actor. He can do his job. He's you know we have Doctor Who, we have The Crown, which is a hit right now. So what what how are they going to write a story around him? Um, are they going to pull what they did with episode eight, which I, I my biggest problem with episode eight was uh, Vice Admiral Holdo. He had a great character who you just squandered and then you squandered her and then you killed off, you know, Admiral Akbar, which you didn't. You, anyways, you could have done a lot of things with that film and kept the great character there. Um, I hope they don't do the same thing with him. So that's that's my two cents. Yeah, I, I think Matt Smith is a good actor. He's been good in everything I've seen him. And I think Star Wars universe is will benefit from having it. But, you know, here's my worry is, is episode nine becoming too crowded? Because mm-hmm. now he joins Kerry Russell, who just side note, I pray to the force is playing Ahsoka Tano. I oh, know yeah. that that's very unlikely, but man, that would blow my mind. But she, he, they joins them. He joins Richard Grant. And, you know, The Last Jedi, I thought Benicio Del Toro was completely wasted. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I thought Finn was split up, you know, with a new character. Rose was great. But, you know, it, it just I think it, this film suffered as a result. I, like you said, with Adam Holdo, I think that was maybe handled a bit weirdly. I loved everything they did with Ray, Kylo and Luke, but it felt a little overstuffed at times. Mm. And I'm really worried. How is J.J. Abrams supposed to effectively and efficiently wrap up this trilogy in which we have an endless amount of questions and mysteries while still fixing in all of these new pieces? And that's not a knock against Matt Smith. Again, good actor. Carrie Russell, good actor. Richard E. Grant, good actor. Very interested to see what that becomes. But there is a lot of ingredients in this recipe, and I don't want it to be overpowered with flavor that – doesn't coalesce into this, you know, really good trilogy capper. Well, they, yeah. they got to do. They got to do what we were talking about the other day: a volume one and a volume two. They got to go Hunger Games with this thing. I'm joking. Here, I'm joking. Here's my, here's my thing. I, I think, and maybe this is just me. I think Disney and Lucasfilm's first mistake was when they were mapping out this trilogy. They said, "Let's put three different directors oh, yeah. on a trilogy." I'm, first off, I. Look at how widely different The Last Jedi was from The Force Awakens while keeping these characters the same. Um, I 
to me, I think they should have kept with stuck with their guns, picked one of the three, whether it was Trevorrow, Johnson or Abrams um, and let Abrams kind of build out a trilogy for himself to tell, um, not kind of switch directors, because now, uh, like Brandon said, there's a lot of, you know, actors in the kitchen. Um, he, you know, you have new, you even have more than just Richard Grant and Carrie Russell joining. You have fellow Doctor Who actress Naomi Aki joining. You have uh, lost actor Dominic Monaghan joining. Um, you have Billy D. Williams coming back. That's right. It's, yeah. Um, a lot going on. Yeah. So how how is a, how does Abrams come in here and kind of re-steer the ship? Um, I didn't dislike. I like the Last Jedi, but. The Last Jedi's come in with a lot of negativity on it, mm-hmm. um, whether it's good or bad, whether it's toxic fandom or not. There's negativity around it, so now it's up to Abrams to steer the ship in the right direction and end this as properly as he can while still taking care of all the Star Wars fans. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I, I I know nothing on Matt Smith. He's an Emmy-nominated actor, yeah, so yeah. Um, Here's Tyler, you got you got to start watching the crown, my man. Crown's so good. Everyone everyone tells me I need to watch it all the time, and maybe I should start watching it. <laughs> At least before Star Wars comes out. How about mm-hmm. that? Yes. Yeah, just catch up. Just watch, watch season all the one. Matt Smith. Yeah, there you go. Everything with Matt Smith. All right, so let's uh, let's mm. get away from uh, a galaxy far, far away. Let's let it go. Let's let it go. Let it go. Oh, I see what you're doing. There. Transitioning <laughs> onto our next topic, and That's that is once again, just like last week, we're talking Frozen Two. Um, here's the thing: rumors have been swirling since the first movie from fan- well, really not even rumors. It's been like fans wanting Elsa to have a girlfriend in Frozen Two, which I, I don't hate the idea of, by the way. Mm-hmm. Those rumors have been kind of picking up steam. Uh, back in March, Jennifer Lee was even asked about, you know, the talks in which Jennifer Lee said this. I love everything people are saying and people are thinking about with our film, that it's creating dialogue, that Elsa is a wonderful character that speaks to many people. It means the world to us that we're part of these conversations where we're going with it. We have tons of conversations about it and we're really conscientious about these things. For me, Elsa's every day telling me where she needs to go and she'll continue to tell us. I always write from character out and where Elsa is and where Elsa's or and what she's doing in life. She's telling me every day. We'll see where she goes. Now, I really, really Jennifer Lee, who is the new chief creative officer at Walt Disney Animation, mm-hmm. taking over from John Lasseter. She is the co-director on Frozen with Chris Buck. Um, I really like how she steered her comments back in March without really hitting the question. Um, if if you guys follow me on social media, I know Brandon and Andy do, but uh, listen. And all you fans out there should. He's a great follow. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. You guys are a great follow. Um, I So I teased that I heard a, and this is my tweet. It's on the website. It's uh, I teased that I heard a rumor regarding a certain character in a certain movie that could be coming true. And I used the emojis, a snowflake, which is probably not the best emoji to use in 2018. Um, what do you call them? And a, rain, and a rainbow flag. I didn't go too much into it. Um until I got a a message from uh, our friend Mario Francisco Robles, uh, editor in chief of Revenge of the Fans, he he hit me up and said, "Hey, I'm running a story on uh, Frozen Two. If you have any details, um, 
can you help me out with this? So I gave him some details, what I know on the project. Um, and he had, so he had dropped that, um, he has heard from reliable sources. And if you guys follow or know Mario Francisco Robles, like me and Brandon and Andy do, you know that he does have sources in the industry. And those sources are also saying that Disney's ready to uh, pull the trigger on this and indeed make Elsa gay or give her a girlfriend, which is interesting. Uh, So now we both uh, heard some stuff. Uh, It should be noted that uh, Alison Schroeder did just come on. We just, we, Andy and I talked about this on the last decast. uh, Alison Schroeder has come on to the film uh, to assist Lee on frozen Two. whether she rewrites the character that's here nor there yet. We don't know. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood just joined the cast not too long ago. Could she be, um, the love interest for Elsa. Could she be Elsa's mom? We know Elsa's mom is set to appear in the film. Um, so we don't know yet. There's still a lot to kind of take in. Kind of like the Zendaya Ariel thing, this should be a a rumor, but it's a good rumor that I think we're all we're all starting to hear things. This is a more viable rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys think? Do, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think uh, do you think Disney's taking a, a risk? Do you think Disney should take the risk? Uh, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts. I'll go ahead and start here. I think I am surprised. First of all, I fully support the move. Uh, I think it's great for the LGBT community. I think it's great uh, for representation. What we talked about last week was in diet. I would be very surprised, though, if Disney would take an already established beloved character and take that turn with with him or her only because of the backlash you're going to get from more conservative regions of the country and, and communities. Um, the backlash will be, especially in this very just politically and socially just uh, charged era, you're going to see a huge backlash. And I, I would be surprised if Disney full on uh, has her come out now, they may do things where they're they're hinting and like other than like wink, wink. I wouldn't be surprised about that. But to take an already established character, I would be surprised because it's a huge risk. I could be wrong about this. Um, fully support the move. I just the backlash would be harsh and is good on Disney if they're willing to take it good on Disney. Absolutely. I would just be surprised, but that's just me. From a financial point of view, I would see them probably taking a new story and a new character for a new franchise and doing that. But so we talked about last week how Frozen is so established and so beloved and took off so unexpectedly. I would just be very surprised if they did it with her. With that also said, I don't think there's a better character for them to do it with. So that's my take on it. Absolutely. I mean, it's undoubtedly a risk for Disney. And if it does happen, the box office will suffer. But you know what? It's a sacrifice that needs to be made Mm -hmm. in today's climate. It is widely accepted by psychologists that mass media have very strong social and psychological effects on viewers. You know, film and television provide many kids with their first exposure to people of other races, ethnicities, religions, you know, culture, sexual orientation, and it shapes the way they think and treat about other people. So for Disney to do this and for Disney to knowing, likely knowingly sacrifice box office dollars to make this statement, I think 
is a huge leap forward in representation and a real benchmark for marrying morality with business concerns. And I yeah. think if it happens, Disney should be applauded and long term, they'll be fine. You know, it doesn't matter if the next, you know, Frozen 2 doesn't make a billion dollars like the first one. Long term, this would be the best thing they could possibly do. I'm in full support of it. Yeah, I think I'm going to piggyback off of what you guys both said. Um, uh, off of Andy, I, I, you, you're right. This would be a huge risk for the studio. However, there is no character. There's no other character better to do this with. This is the one Disney film where there are two princesses as your star. Well, one a queen, one a princess. Um, this is the one film where you have two main characters. One of them you can have in kind of in the light. She has. Um, uh, she has Kristoff, you know, there that's the the princess now prince-esque character. And then you have Elsa, who really never had a, a you know, a love interest established in the original film or any of the shorts or any of the stories that they've uh, released since then. I think Elsa's the perfect character to do it with. Um it, it, it'll be interesting. I I think it needs to happen, like Brandon said, uh, you know. Media rubs off on children. Um, it, it could rub off in a good way and a bad way. Disney would do it in such a, a I think, in a, in a good way that that will kind of shed a light that it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see now whether or not it happens is here nor there. Um, but I think it needs to happen, and I think this is the perfect movie to do it with. And you know, like Brandon said, if it doesn't make a billion dollars. Oh, well, I think this movie is going to be successful here or there, even if it doesn't hit a billion dollars. This movie can make seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and the studio will be super happy and it'll be a success. So now what, yeah, about, what, what about the, the backlash? I think the Disney company will see not just the, the film itself. I remember back in the 90s, I was a young kid going to Disneyland a lot and there came out that Disney was not sponsoring, but allowing gay days to happen at the park. You know, the red shirt days. And there was a huge backlash from conservative groups. People were boycotting Disney. And I know people are still on that boycott, completely boycotting Disney because of that. And now it's just like, what's the big deal? Because they, they, they were also having church days at the, at the same time. You know, it was, it, they were they were just, you know, not pandering, but they were they were they were giving their audience what they wanted. So what about the company as a whole? Do you think it would affect the company as a whole where people would just oh. be like, oh, we're done with Disney? Not not at all. Let, let me let me tell you all all you all you crazy people that think it's okay to boycott this gay day at the park. The gay days at Disneyland are the most packed days to be at the park. Mm -hmm. It is packed. It is people are everywhere. It's actually a, a pretty fun day. Everyone's just having fun, a, yeah. a grand time. It, it's it's, a, it's actually a really fun day. Um, but the, it's always packed. The park's always packed. Disney is the biggest conglomerate in entertainment now. It's. It, I don't think making Elsa gay is going to hurt the Disney company in a whole because people are still going to roll out to see these animated films. They're still going to go to the parks. They're going to see these Marvel films. They're going to see these Star Wars films. Pixar is always around. Uh, they have the streaming service, which I think is going to be a huge success. Huge. Yes. Um, I think I think so, too, I think too what you're going to see is uh, a producer, a producer I, I work I think for. Disney will be fine. And I yeah. Think I think also what you're going to see is a producer I work for uh, back in the 60s. He was promoting a, a well-known um, actress, and he started uh, um, 
started promoting her within the LGBTQ community in the 60s and 70s in New York. And he had told me the most loyal community of fans you were ever going to have is the LGBTQ community. And if this comes out, the, the sheer amount of support Disney will have from that community will far, far drown out the backlash we'll see, I believe. And I also think, you know, cynically speaking, just from a PR standpoint, Disney was widely believed to have come out on the wrong end of the James Gunn situation. His jokes were terrible, awful, not, you know, absolutely deserve some type of punishment. But the way that they kowtowed to these, you know, alt right individuals who who kind of exposed Gunn's tweets has, has widely been met with criticism from the general public. So I think doing this is also just kind of, in terms of PR, a course correction that I think helps overall with the image. And I do believe that those type of conversations are probably happening at Disney at some level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I, I hope, I hope, it's a good point. I hope Disney, here, take that hardcore conservatives. <laughs> Enjoy. You don't like Elsa holding hands with another princess? <laughs> How, uh, how, I, how much hate mail are we going to get this week over this conversation? Because after last week, I don't know if I can take it. Oh, man, it was bad. I <laughs> And it was, oh, man. I don't, you know what? You got hate mail, send it to um, another podcast. Send to Brandon Katz to the Observer Dog. No, I'm kidding. Yep. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're not doing your job right if you're not getting some type of hate mail. Oh, yeah, we were getting it last week for the, uh, the Zendaya news. But yeah. that being said, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I do want to get into some listener questions, uh, which I want to start doing when the news days are slow here on the DCast. So didn't get too many questions because it was a last minute thing. We'll we'll warn everyone next time. Uh, if you have a question for uh that you would like answered on the decast, you know, get on, get on the Diz Insider Facebook group, uh, start asking questions there, get on Twitter, follow the decast on Twitter, ask questions there, Instagram, anywhere on social media and uh, get your questions out there. Maybe it'll get answered on the show, but uh, I kind of want to uh, answer a few right now and uh, we'll, uh, we'll kind of Let's move around. We got. The, Let's see what we got. Yeah. H uh, longtime follower HLVD movies asks any news on the future of star Wars films besides episode nine. Um, anyone want to take this first? I have heard a rumor that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is in danger. Um, that's just a rumor that do we know anything about that? Um, I don't, I, that's not to say that it, it won't be canceled anytime soon, but I, I Ryan Johnson made it very clear on Twitter the other day that he is still developing it and moving forward with his uh, trilogy. Okay. Uh, I'm not even sure if this trilogy is theatrical or streaming or series. Is, I don't. Has that ever been confirmed? I can't remember. I the initial press release said trilogy of uh, films. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. But of but course, it wasn't, they can change on the yeah. And it's not connected to the Skywalker trilogy. It's a it's an almost like an Elseworlds trilogy. Yeah. Um, Obi One rumors are starting to die down. It doesn't look like an Obi One film with Ewan McGregor is going to happen. Those rumors have been starting to die down. Which we is a got, tragedy. 
Sorry. Yes, it is. Thank you. That is. I understand when people say, oh, we don't want these familiar characters with their spinoffs. We want to go to new destinations and people. I totally get when Star yes. Wars fans say that. But if there is one character deserving of his own standalone, it is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the most arguably the most tragic figure in all of Star Wars, if you ask me. In the age of 20 years, we don't in the desert. We don't know what he was doing. And plus, you know, McGregor is the right age right now to play it. So, yeah, it's perfect. better than Alec Guinness. The character Sorry. is so, so rich and so uh, able to mine these amazing stories. He made this amazing sacrifice. Guys, fans, I get it. You want different things, but please band together and get us our Obi-Wan Kenobi please. movie. Do yeah. It. A couple months ago, we got news that uh, James Mangold was doing a Boba Fett movie. Now, I find that very interesting. I don't. I So I, I'm, I'd be more happy with a Boba Fett series personally. Um, but. I, I just don't see that happening. Those talks have kind of died down. Um, I mean, even even after the success that Fox had with Logan, I, I just James Mangold in a Bubba Fett movie. I just I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think the big focus here now is uh, John Favreau's Star Wars yeah. series for the streaming service service, which is the only really uh, outside of episode nine confirmed star Wars property going into development. Uh, Aren't the game of Thrones guys still developing their series he is That's as with far John as Favre, I know right? they are. They, well, they're doing their own series. Oh, I thought they were writing for John Favreau. So, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, they're, they're yeah. They, they, the initial press release never said anything about trilogy, but they said their own series of films, which Twitter then took to immediately mean Knights of the old Republic, given their game of Thrones background, but that exactly. was never confirmed. Mm. Exactly. So, I, so to really answer your question, uh, the John Favreau series the, in future of films, we really don't know. It looks like, sadly, Solo, which wasn't the hit it should have been that we just talked about it earlier. Um, I think it really didn't scare the company, but it it, it it let the studio say, "Hey, we need to pump the brakes on what we're oh, doing, yeah. regroup, and refocus on what's next." And it looks like what's next for the company is this series. And I don't think we'll hear anything about, you know, more Star Wars films, in my opinion, until D23. Yep. Because in uh, December 2019, you have Star Wars Episode Nine, And really, you really don't need to talk about more Star Wars films. You know, maybe maybe wait till D23, announce some films for 2021, 2022, and kind of – give people a break from you know star wars films and let people kind of regroup and rethink what they're doing so i think that's the future uh good question uh, let's move on to uh, another longtime listener and follower of the show uh, he goes by knobs on twitter <laughs> i like that name knobs uh any news or rumors about a snow white live action movie or rose red um, I'll take this one. Uh, we had a story here that Brie Larson was offered the role of Rose Red, or at least Disney is circling her for Rose Red. Now, that being said, we haven't heard anything on this movie in quite some time. Um, Disney's really got a lot of material in development. When you think of live action films, you know, they're working on Aladdin, The Lion King, Dumbo, mm -hmm. you know, they got Christopher Robin out right now. Um, they have Prince Charming in development. So they have so many, you know, properties they're looking at and uh, wanting to do. I don't know if Rose Red is their priority at the moment, but that being said, Disney did indeed approach Brie Larson for Rose Red. Um, that was 
we reported that back in April. I really don't have much to say uh, on any other. I haven't heard any other news or rumors really on Snow White or it's Rose really, Red. It's been really quiet on that, yeah. It's been just really quiet this whole year. I think until the end of the year, uh, we're, we're not going to get a lot of news. But do you guys want to see a Rose Red with Brie Larson? I'll see just about anything with Brie Larson, personally. I don't love you know the, the original uh, content, but I've, I'm of the belief that great stories can come from anywhere. All these reboots and, and, and remakes and retellings, people are like, oh, Hollywood's run out of ideas. And, and to a certain extent, I agree with that. But when you put the right creative team together and you pay homage to the original while doing your own thing, I always think anything's possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree with that. I'm not not huge, like in a hurry to see this because I mean, there's just a lot of Snow White, Rose Red type stuff out there in the universe right now. Um, So I'm not like, oh, my gosh, we need this. But, you know, if they can do a good job of it, I'm down. Totally agree. Okay, another once again, another uh, long time listener of the show, Binge Watcher on Twitter is asking what type of Disney movies will come after the Fox takeover? Uh, what type of movies change at all? So he might be talking Marvel. I'm, I'm not really sure. But first off, this deal hasn't officially been, you know, greenlit. Like, yeah, they approved it and everything. But the the deal's not going to close for quite some time yet. But let's kind of talk about what we think Disney will do with some of these properties. And that's X-Men, Fantastic Four, um, Let's, but I want to kind of talk about all the ma- the major stuff. Um, what does Disney do with the Planet of the Apes franchise? Do they continue that franchise, or do they let it kind of just die with War for the Planet of the Apes? They rejigger it as an original for Hulu. That's what they should do. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, an that's... adult skewing franchise, which is an underserved market in today's Hollywood landscape, a huge, huge, huge property name for Hulu, which now Disney will take a controlling stake over mm-hmm. once they get Fox. And listen, you know, no disrespect to War for the Planet of the Apes, which was great, but it did underperform slightly at the box office. So, oh, it did. If you have any concerns, you know, if Disney has any concerns financially, that's the way to mitigate them. You bump up subscriber numbers to that and you feed all of Fox's adult skewing content onto Hulu and you make more money. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's probably the best thing to do that. You have, you have a beloved franchise. People want more content. Um, but, you know, you're in you're in the third, you know, rendition of the films. You know, if you care, if you if you count the uh, Mark Wahlberg reboot, which was. But can we not? Can we please not? Is okay, that okay? Well, so you're in the second then. Um, I think I think now's the time. People want more of this content. Getting more films and keep rebooting it and retconning it's not going to do any good. Getting us a series where you can really explore some of the nuances of Planet of the Apes and their franchise and the characters, I think it was a very, very good idea. All right, let's continue. Okay, let's go on. Let's stay, let's stay on this topic for a little bit. Let's go on with another property, one that's actually coming out here pretty soon, Alien and Predator. Kill it. Kill it. Sorry. Well, there has been talk of an uh, an alien original series. And again, that would be an adult skewing kind of sci-fi horror series. But that would be something that goes to Hulu. I, I... I'm not dying to see any more alien content. You know, I love the first two. After that, I I think I'm kind of good. But again, Disney has so many options in which it can take brand name titles and add it to their the Hulu list or bolster it at elsewhere on on their distribute distribute 
distributory platforms, excuse me. So they're in a really good position, obviously, with this huge acquisition. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Just well, actually, no, just kill it. I'm so tired of Alien and Predator. I'm done with them. Get rid of them. Let them die. Let the past die, as Kylo Ren would say. That's just I, me. I, I, I think I'm kind of interested how this Predator movie is going to do next week or in a week and a half. Excuse me. I if it does well, maybe man, maybe move Predator to Hulu. I, I th- love Shane Black, but the multiple reshoots on the third act have me a little worried. Mm. I want it to be good. It's got a good cast. Yeah. Shane Black's a really good creative force, but man, it, there's been some behind the scenes drama. That's for sure. And here's the thing. There is no reason why Disney can't sell these characters off. Maybe Disney says, you know what? We can, there's nothing we can do with Alien and Predator. Let's sell them to a studio like Universal or Paramount or Sony. Sony and uh, Paramount would be chomping at the bit for oh, any yeah. type of marquee IP. Exactly. Um, I won't talk about Kingsman because I really... Uh, yeah, Kingsman wah, 3 is wah. happening, but it's just... I. I don't care. Let's move on to the, let's move on to the big stuff. Uh, Fantastic Four, Deadpool, and X Men. Um, I don't. I first off, I don't. I don't even think Disney is going to integrate the X Men and the Fantastic Four into the MCU. And if they do, it's not going to be anytime it's soon. It's not anytime soon. No. It's it's not going to be until Phase Five. Who uh, at best? I don't, it's I, a min- minimum of at least till 2020, uh, 2022. Minimum. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I can agree with that. It's you know, what you are the Marvel's already doing fine without the X Men and you know the Fantastic Four. I don't see why you would need to rush to hurry and integrate these characters in you know in a world and you know a story you've already established just to shoehorn in Cyclops or Magneto or. Now, don't get me wrong. Let's say 2022 is correct. Magneto would be an awesome bad guy yeah. for the MCU. And this, yeah. this gives you a lot, Doom. It gives you a lot of room to expand the MCU. You know, because right now we're getting into this phase where things are going to start wrapping up, and we're going to get a new, a new um, team here pretty soon, probably after after Avengers four. So it gives you a lot of room to grow into the 20s. But right now, you're not going to see anytime soon. You're not going to see Wolverine just popping in, you know, in Avengers 4. People are saying, wouldn't it be great if Wolverine just popped in Avengers 4? No, it wouldn't. That'd make no sense whatsoever. Zero. So, gosh, just to stop that talk. Now, we can begin to develop the world, you know, into the 2022, 2023. That gives you more places to go, especially with these already established characters. But also, what Marvel's done a great job of doing is Marvel Studios at least is taking these secondary and tertiary characters and making them huge and not having the benefit of having you know Spider-Man off the bat and and the X-Men off the bat and really making these characters known so I'm not sure how that's going to play because Fantastic Four X-Men even Deadpool to a certain extent are already kind of known established characters you're going to have to retcon them you're going to have to reboot them so I don't think so at least not right now and, and to that point, I think some people are assuming right off the bat, well, even if it's a couple of years from now, right off the bat, Marvel is going to be like, okay, X-Men, we got Professor X, we got Cyclops, we got, you know, Wolverine, all the familiar faces. But what Disney should think about doing is giving love to the side characters that have been pushed to the background, whether it's a Storm solo movie to start mm-hmm. off or a character we haven't seen yet. And that's the way you segue in and eventually introduce those mainstay X-Men that we've all become familiar with. And then just a second point, since we were talking about 
Magneto. I don't know his feeling on big franchises at the moment because he seems to be burned out, but I would love to see Daniel Craig as Magneto in the MCU. That'd be great. Love it. I've always Daniel Craig would be awesome. There's always been two names that I that you know struck me as you know Magneto names. I I, I would like to see Jason Isaacs who played uh, Lucius okay. Malif- Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. I think he'd make a great Malfoy. I can't remember who it was, but someone made the case for Christoph Waltz, hmm. which I liked. That would, um, that would work. I think that would work. Be weird to see him bald, but you know. Yeah. But it's weird to see James McAvoy bald. True. Very true. But he he's a fine Professor X. Yeah, true. I don't know. I'm done with X-Men. Done. <sighs> You're done completely? Done with you've been, X-Men. You've been soiled? Done. Well, let's wait until Dark Phoenix I, I comes out, with, whether or not that's the, I grew horrible or bad. On, on Fox, and so all that's been explored for me. So I'm like, all right, let's just... New stuff. New stuff. Let the past die. That's fair. I, I just I love X Men. I really do. And unfortunately, I think Dark Phoenix is uh, is not gonna gonna cut it for audiences. But I am excited to eventually see what Marvel does with them once they get the rights. I think I I agree with that. And then on that note, I think uh, I think that's a wrap on the decast this week. Uh, I do really 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 want to thank our our friend Brandon Katz yes. from the Observer dot or from Observer dot com. Um, Brandon, tell everyone where they can follow you. Plug all your stuff. <laughs> this if is you guys, your time to shine. If you guys want news and analysis and commentary and film and television, and you just want some stupid jokes thrown in there, you can follow me on Twitter at great underscore Catsby. I'd be happy to talk to all you guys and engage with fun fan debates and probably also argue with some of you who think I'm an idiot after this podcast. (laughs) I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. And check out uh, observer.com. Check out Brandon's work. Check out the site's work. Uh, Follow observer on social media. Um, Andy, where can people find you? You can follow me and all the various social media networks at Andy Herndon, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. And if I offend you, I am sorry. I don't mean to offend you. I'm just being real. <laughs> you can follow me all over social media uh, at Skylar HXC. Andy already knows that I'm going to say this, but I promise I will change that sooner rather than later. Eventually. Um, eventually. Uh, check out the DizInsider.com for all your Disney movie news needs. Uh, follow the Diz Insider on social media and follow our new Facebook group. Uh, come join the discussion. Get your questions on the show. And don't forget to leave this podcast a review on uh, Apple, you know, the Apple podcast. If you leave us a review, we will read it live on the show. Uh, if you live in a different country, we are unable to see a review. However, you know, leave a review anyways. Take a screenshot. Screenshot it. Yeah, we would love to read it. Um, but aside from that, Andy, close us out. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, following us here at thedisinsire.com and the DCAST. Make sure you follow us on all the various social media networks. With that, you have been listening to The DCAST. DCAST.